Well, hey there, everyone. My name is Daniel, and I'm the online campus pastor here at OAG. I am excited for today's podcast because this is from our series entitled Before You Knew Me. This will be stories and testimonies shared from folks just like you and our own church family. So sit back and relax and be inspired by what God has done and is still doing in the lives of His children. I'm a little nervous. I, my career was a teacher, so I'm used to speaking in front of people, but I'm not used to to this, but we're, we're going to do well. Um, my name is Sharon Miller, and better known as Nana, and... And I'm Matthew Miller, better known as uh, her son. Yes. <laughs> um, we were asked would we give our testimony tonight, and I think the hardest thing is going to be remembering to speak into this microphone. Daniel gave us very explicit instructions here, so we're going to try. Um, I'll start from the beginning as far as my life. I was saved when I was six years old. And yes, I was saved when I was six years old. I can remember in my church that Sunday night and my mom, gosh, I'm so nervous. My mom and my brothers went forward when the benediction came and the pastor's wife came and sat down with me and she began to talk to me about Jesus. And I thought, you know, I don't really know everything about him, but he sure sounds like somebody I want to know. So at six years old, I gave my heart to Jesus and he's had it ever since. Um, one of the things that I think is important in my life, y'all forgive me, my voice is shaking, is and through my lifetime, you know, we hear a lot of people that say um, they were alcoholics and God saved them out of that, or they were on drugs and God saved them out of that. I would say the biggest miracle that the Holy Spirit did in my life, he took those desires away from me. Um, You know, I I never wanted to do drugs. I never wanted to do alcohol. (laughs) And, but that, that didn't save me and that won't save me and it won't get me to heaven. But I thank God for that, um, the, the feeling of the Holy Spirit uh, and what he has done in my life. Well, that's hard to follow. Um, Well, I'm Matthew, and I'm her son. And um, I would say that I basically was born saved as well. Uh, I'm just kidding. Obviously, that doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, grew up in... So we're from Weewahitchka, Florida. That's a little town up in the Panhandle. And it we, has one red light. One and, red light. And they turn it off at night because there's no traffic. That, it's that true. is the truth. Yes. It was probably what Oxford was before the villages came. I, I bet there's probably <laughs> some similarities there. And so grew up there, uh, grew up in an Assemblies of God church. And for me, which I'm sure she's about to go into now, what, I just remember growing up as I was the kid that everybody knew because of what happened to me when I was born. So for me, growing up, it kind of felt like everybody that I met already knew who I was, and I had no clue who everybody was, um, which, I, which she will share in a minute is, is definitely a God thing. But grew up in the church, um, and a cool thing they do in Weewaw is they would have vacation Bible schools every summer, which I know a lot of churches do, but the churches would actually get together over like an eight-week span, and they would schedule them back to back to back, like no church had them on the same week. So I can just remember growing up, and for my entire summer, 
uh, it was church camp at the Baptist church, church camp at the Methodist church, or, you know, vacation Bible school at, at our church. And then there was a week of church camp. Um, so obviously love that, you know, growing up there, kids camp, youth camp, you know, getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And that's why, you know, especially with the youth programs we have here, I just love that this church supports the youth, supports, you know, getting students to those things because they can seem like they're going just to have fun. And they are a lot of fun, uh, but it's wonderful because they really can have a, a long-term impact on kids. Um, talking about when he was born, I uh, actually married a game warden, of all things. I fish now, and I married a game warden. We were married for... 35 years just this week would have been our 41st wedding anniversary. So we were married for 35 years before he passed away. But um, we decided to have children. And so at the age of 29, and if you think about it, 29, it's, it's young. You know what I'm saying? It, you're, that's when you're in your best health. That's when, you know, you have the most energy, all of those kinds of things. So I was fixing to have him. He was due in February, and it was November, and I didn't feel good. So I called my doctor, and he said, why don't you stay home from work for a few days and, and rest up? So I did, and I'm on the couch, and I'm resting, and I told my husband, man, I just feel worse. I'm going to get up and take a shower. So I took a shower, and while I was in the shower, I was washing my hair. I opened my eyes when I rinsed. And I couldn't see, couldn't see out of one of my eyes. And I thought, I must have shampoo in my eye. And um, so anyway, that was that night. I went on to bed. The next morning, I still couldn't see out of my eye. So I called my doctor. Now, keep in mind, I'm only 29 years old. I've never drank, smoked. I'm in, you know, pretty much perfect health. And so I called my doctor the next morning. And the nurse said, put the phone down do not get dressed and meet us at the emergency room. So I got to the emergency room. I had had a stroke, pregnant, had had a stroke and was blind in, in one eye. So they kept me at the hospital for a few hours and said, we're gonna have to um, put you in a helicopter and take you to a, a bigger hospital. Well, it came up like tonight, came up a really bad storm. So instead of the helicopter, they took me by ambulance and we got to the hospital and we arrived about midnight. They told my husband that we would be there for the next three months. I was only, you know, about six months pregnant. So we'll be there for the next six months. This was at midnight. By four o'clock in the morning, I was unconscious. I had just lost everything. So the doctor came to my husband and said, if we don't operate right this minute, they're both gonna die. So there's nothing we can do. We hope we can save her life, but we don't believe there's any hope for the child. And so, of course, he, he said, you've got to. So they did the surgery and he was born a pound and 15 ounces. Um, it, it, I, we were both in the intensive care. We stayed in the intensive care 76 days. Um, when you think about it, I have a picture. If, who's ever doing pictures? There's, there's a, did it come up? Yes. There he is, a pound and 15 ounces. You know, when you say we were in the intensive care for 76 days, 
you can say it real fast, but when you're there for day one, and then day five, and day five turns into seven, and then 35 days, and we were there for Thanksgiving, and we were there for Christmas, and we were there for New Year's, and finally February came, and um, we were allowed to, you know, to go home, so everything worked out. But one thing in particular is a verse that just really, uh, an incident that happened. The doctor came in during this time, and he said, you know, the baby's doing fair, but we must tell you that he will never walk, nor will he hold a cup in his hand, and he's always going to be very slow. We've done everything we can, but we just want to prepare you, and so I remember I just fell in the floor crying. I just, it, it was, you know, all I could take, and so one of the nurses came up, and she said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I told her, and I'll never forget, she just shook her finger in my face and she said, Sharon, every baby has to be taught to walk and every baby has to be taught to hold a cup in his hand. And my thought that quickened my spirit was, you know, that's God. It's all in how you look at things. Uh, Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's, and it's the truth. If I had, the doctor was wonderful, don't get me wrong, but if I could have latched on to his words, and, and really it, would, it was speaking death, but instead I chose life. And, you know, um, Philippians 4.13 I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it was at that moment that I, you know, told God, he will do whatever you tell him he will do. You know, if he will have just as much strength as you say he will have, just as much knowledge as you say he will have. And it, it worked out. So in February... He finally gained, you, you were a pound and 15 ounces at, at birth. Oh, the, the first clothes that we bought him, we went into the toy store and got the little dog clothes off the shelf. And they came with little shoes and a hat and everything. You know, it was just, you, one day he was an astronaut and one day you were a, you know, a little sailor. We just had the best time. But he was so small. They had preemie diapers, but the diapers wouldn't fit him. So, you know, and for the first couple of months, they called them grannies. The grannies at the hospital would make their clothes because he was just so small. So he finally got to wear dog clothes and then he, he progressed from there. But um, we came home from the hospital. They told us that we would come back every other month because he would have such issues. We never went back. It, God is good. God is very good. Amen. We have to edit that part out. <laughs> um, so imagine me, you know, I'm born, you know, I don't know any of this. And, you know, I just grow up again as I'm the kid that everybody knows. And, you know, most people and we all, they'd say, oh, you're the miracle baby. I didn't know what that meant. But everybody said that. And, you know, I can just remember growing up and thinking, well, gosh, that's got to mean something, you know, why? And then obviously as you get older, you know, you think about, you know, okay, I know what it means. And I can remember being... I, probably early high school, you know, and, and you're volunteering at events and meeting other individuals, you know, that as they've grown up, you know, maybe, maybe they were the same, like they weren't able to walk or, you know, and I remember looking at those individuals and thinking, gosh, you know, 
you know, that, that could very easily be me as well. And one, just being so thankful to God that, you know, that wasn't my case, but also it made me even more thankful for life to realize, you know, I've, I've got to do something with this life. Um, so that, that kind of leads into my story. So there's two threads in my entire life. Uh, one is Christianity and Jesus. Uh, and the other, believe it or not, is theme parks. I love theme parks. And, you know, you're like, okay, we live in Orlando. You know, it makes sense. No, no. Ever since I was in the first grade, I have had this burning desire in my heart about theme parks. I have been thousands of times, and any time that I walk into a park, it's still like I was in the first grade. And, you know, when I was growing up, I used to kind of think it was a funny thing. But looking back, I truly believe that God put this in my heart for me to wrestle with and to figure out. So, you know, when you're a young child, you know, maybe you think you're going to be an astronaut. Maybe you think you're going to, you know, be in the NFL or whatever the case is. Um, Mine in first grade was I was going to be a roller coaster designer because I loved roller coasters. And, well, it didn't change in second grade. It didn't change in middle school. It didn't change in high school. And it didn't change in college. And uh, that's, that's what I ended up doing by trade, is uh, designing theme park attractions all around the globe. And, and, I, and I loved it, and I, I thank God for giving me that ability. And I used to think that God wanted me to do it because, you know, he put this passion in my heart, and, you know, I, I could see it through. And like Mama said, you know, I never had to go back to the hospital. You know, I never had these issues. Uh, but looking back, what, why I think that I accomplished it is I think that often God puts a big dream in a lot of our hearts. And I think that sometimes we think, well, God, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Weewa, y'all are from Oxford, whatever the case is. And especially when you're a young person, I think it's really easy to have a big dream. And then you graduate school and you, like, you fail your first test in college or you have your first job and, and it's your first boss that's mean to you, like whatever the case is. And you think, well, gosh, you know, I, I can't do that. Like whatever God's asking me to do, it's too big. And I think now, looking back, doing that in the way that he, you know, ordained the steps for me, you know, to make things happen, because, you know, I, I found favor with people that I, I should have never have found favor for. I mean, that, that should, that, that's not a me thing. Like, you tell people you build roller coasters, like, oh, that's cool. You must be a genius. You must have, like, you know, aced the SAT. I was lucky to get into college, and I barely didn't flunk out. Like, this is not, like, an IQ thing at all. This is just a when I got my foot in the door, I wanted it so bad that I wasn't leaving. Like when I got my first internship, people say like, oh, I work 12 hours a day. I was literally there 24 hours a day. Like I would work and I was in the parks. I would literally like sneak, like I, I know I'm, this isn't anything bad, but like I would work all day. And then at night I would sneak around in the parks and like take showers in the sound stages because I finally had baths. And then I, I would stay there. Like I would not go home because my thing was, I have finally landed this God-given dream you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make something out of it or, you know, hopefully so. But it, it worked out. And uh, I think we have, you have a photo. I think we have a, a photo. So uh, this, this is me and some of my best friends here. This is uh, the Minions. And uh, we, we actually took this photo uh, in Osaka, Japan. Uh, so I, I had it, like I said, I, I honestly, I got to travel all around and, and work on some of the, the biggest names uh, of attractions, some of the biggest IPs, like the movies you've heard of. And again, that's not me. I was having a ball doing it. Like if you, you know, I didn't think I, there was anything. Me, I, I was just doing what I loved. Uh, and I got to meet my extraordinary wife, Miss Gabby. It's, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, who uh, was also working at the parks at the time, and we were going to church together. We actually met at church, and it ended up that we were working there. And then so, you know, that progressed, and I guess we should probably talk about how we ended up 
here before we get. I know that everybody really wants to hear the TikTok story, which we're going to tell. But we got to tell. We got to say how we got there first. So we were living in Claremont at the time and loved Claremont. But Gabby and I were there and my mom was still living in the panhandle because my father was still alive. And then he passed away a a few years after. But uh, Gabby and I, we were there and we were looking for a church. And there's a lot of good church. Like in Lake County, there's a lot of good churches. And honestly, in our search, we tried basically every church in Lake County. So if anybody's watching this and live in Lake County, I'm not telling you there aren't any good churches there because there are. <laughs> We've tried a lot, basically all of them. And what we were doing is we were, we were going from church to church, and we'd go to one, we'd visit it, we'd pray about it. And we just never found the church where we felt like God was calling us to. You know, it wasn't a situation where we went and, like, we didn't like the music or we went and somebody was mean to us. It was nothing like that. We went to many churches that were wonderful, but we just didn't feel like that was where God wanted Gabby and I and then to raise our kids at. So living in Claremont, basically every month the circle got bigger and bigger and bigger on Google Maps. And we'd say, well, what are all the churches in this circle? And where we, where we landed was over in Leesburg, Fruitland Park. Uh, there were some churches over there that we went to, and, and they were great. And on Sundays, we would make the drive back and forth. And, and as much as we loved them, we, we just didn't quite feel like that's where God wanted us. And so we'd go home, we'd pray about it. And one Sunday, one of those churches invited us out to lunch, and they took us to Brownwood in the villages and didn't know anything about the villages. Mom had mentioned it once. I think she had came to dinner one with some time, friends, yeah. but I, Gabby and I had never been to it before. And, you know, as a, I got to tell you, as a theme park guy, I love the villages, man. <laughs> the, the way that the, the, the town squares are themed, I mean, that's, that's just like a theme park. Um, so we love that, and that opened up our eyes to, well, there, there's more cities, there's more areas out here. And, and we found Wildwood, and the very first church that we found out here was this church, OAG. And I remember looking at the website, and the very first image on the website uh, were kids. Uh, actually, I think it was the second image we saw was a view pastor on a bicycle with the other kids, and you know, I think it was a BGMC fundraiser that y'all were doing. And we said, man, maybe, maybe this is the place. So we actually felt so strongly about this church that we drove out here on a Saturday night from Claremont. And we parked out here. We didn't know anybody. We thought y'all might run us off because you know, we didn't know there was security. And we walked around for about 40 minutes. We just we walked around campus, just stuck our head in the, in the windows. All the doors were locked. We didn't come inside. And we just sat in the parking lot and prayed about it. And me and Gabby said, man, we, we feel like this is the church for us. And we came in here that following Sunday. And it probably took us about 30 seconds. And we said, this is it. This is it. So we were mighty, mighty thankful to find this church. One, because we didn't have to keep looking for other churches. I was, I was tired of bouncing between churches. Uh, but two, you know, meeting with the greeting team. I mean, we met, like, Scott and Katie pretty much immediately, Miss Jane uh, pretty much immediately, some of the other ladies up front. And we just, we just knew that this was the place for us. Um, and and we're, we're mighty thankful to be here. So I know it's the, uh, what is it, the family church for the family of God. Uh, we, were, we, were a family, look, we were a family of God looking for a family of church, and we yeah, found it. That's and, true. Then, and then we, I remember calling Mama saying, hey, we found a place. And she came and tried it, and she thought the same. Very good. So then we fast forward to today. Wow. You know, keep in mind, I said that my favorite verse, or the one that I believe that has sustained me, all my life is, um, gosh, I just said a minute ago, I forgot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Y'all, I believe that with all my heart. I, I mean, 
those are not just words. That is instilled in, in my fiber. I truly believe that. I told somebody one time, I was in a ladies group, and we were going somewhere, and somebody made the comment, what if there's problems with the plane? What if? And I said, you know, I believe I could land that thing. I just truly do. And the lady beside me said, I want to be on your plane. You know, so, <laughs> But I just believe I can do all things through Christ. Um, new ventures just don't scare me. I believe that they truly are not um, obstacles, but they are avenues that we can glorify God, that, that we can show other people that you know, I may not belong here in this situation, but through God, I'm going to, I don't mean to hit that, I'm going to do this. So that leads us to today. Yes, as, as was mentioned a few minutes ago, I am referred to as the village's fishing lady. This is the craziest story. Let me just tell y'all, it is. This, this has got to be a God thing because you can't make this kind of stuff up. But um, I am known as the village's fishing lady. And, of course, my tagline is, um, hey, y'all, you know what time it is? It's time to go fishing. You know, I'm, this is the village's fishing lady, and you know what time it is. It's time to go fishing. About this time last year, maybe a few weeks before, uh, I was fishing in the villages. I have fished all my life. Nothing professional, just, you know, get some line and, and go fish. I was raised on a farm. We had a creek there at the farm, those kinds of things. So I'm fishing in the villages, and I started catching some fish. And they were pretty good-sized fish. There's a picture of a fish, if they'll put that up. So I started catching some fish in the villages, and it even surprised me, you know. So I called Matthew and said, where can I post these pictures? Now, the thing that I must tell you is I am a retired school teacher. I was not the technology teacher. I had problems keeping the overhead projector plugged in. You know, this is a totally out of my area when it comes to technology. And so Matthew said, Mom, let's put them on the computer. Let's put them on TikTok. And I said, I don't know what TikTok is. Sounds like a clock to me. But he, he said, we're going to put them on TikTok. So we did. Now, from his business background, he said, you can tell him about our uh, timeline. So we, we had a plan. This is the plan we started out with. So we went to Red Lobster here on <laughs> 466, true. like cheese biscuits. And we were having cheese biscuits, and we were talking about this. And so Mom had posted these on Facebook. And if any of you are in, like, Facebook communities, um, you know, like fan page type things, I believe we actually have one here at the church as well. She was in some for the villages, and she had posted that, that photo there. And it was one of those where, you know, you get a couple of comments and likes, and you go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, and the whole Internet's commented on it. That's what had happened. And, and she had posted a couple to where we realized, gosh, like, you know, you're, you're hitting the nerve of, of thousands of people. So I said, there's got to be something there. By the way, I want to tell you, if anybody's listening or watching this, I am a firm believer that Christians should not be losers. And what I mean by that is this. I think that the people that run the best businesses, that are the best leaders, that are the best parents, ought to be 
Christians, right? Amen. I mean, we got the best book, so we might as well be the best, Amen. in my opinion, everything else. That's so right. I told mom, I said, listen, if we're going to do this, we're really, really going to do this. So the first thing was I had to have her to agree. No, this ain't going to be something we start for a week or two, and then we stop doing it. So I asked her for a year and a half. I said, can you commit to 18 months? And that is we're going to post probably three times a day for 18 months. So it's basically like a full-time job. And you are going to do, do live videos. We're going to do other things. And if we do that, I told her, I said, I think if God blesses this and that it takes off, in 18 months, I think that it can become something. You know, I don't necessarily think, you know, you're going to be a millionaire and go buy a new BMW, nothing like that. And but I think that you might be able to make a little bit of money. And at that business meeting, in this timeline, we had to have goals. So the first goal we had was in 18 months, Mom, we're going to shoot that you will have a 1,000, what they call followers, a 1,000 friends. All right, so take it from there. I, I'm sorry. It was 10,000 because that's oh, where, excuse yeah. Me. Okay. Sorry, sorry, 10,000. We got 1,000 in our first yeah, day. The reason was we thought we could do 1,000 a month, and we ended up getting 1,000 a day, uh, which, was, which, which was pretty wild. So that 18-month uh, plan basically in the first 48 hours turned into about an 18-day plan. <laughs> and it just, it took off like gasoline on a fire. I mean, it's just, I, from a, from a business standpoint, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a theme park guy, uh, but I, as part of that, I also do a lot of work in social media. So I've been around brands that I've been able to help bolster to, you know, to do better, but I've never been part of one that started with zero followers. Like, like I get to brag that I was the first follower because I was the only one that knew it existed. So I followed her and to see this, you know, I guess we can talk about like, you know, some of the, the numbers, like the book stadium, like Tampa Bay, I think if you, you somebody Google this and double check, I'm pretty sure it can hold right around 65,000 people. So we're talking about like Super Bowl Sunday, it's packed. Um, she did a live just a couple of days ago and it was just shy of 80,000 people on the live. So my mom brings in more people than an NFL football game, which is just <laughs> mind blowing to me. <laughs> to me too. Yeah. yeah. It, but remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we did an 18 month plan. We were going to have 10,000. Well, in the first week, we blew that out. So, so we hardly went back to Red Lobster and decided we'll sit down and make a new plan. Well, what today, we're, we're running about 150,000 followers today. So, and like he said, when we do lives, we had 80,000 on there the other week. But what's interesting, along the way, um, we'd been doing this for just a couple of months, and uh, the fish stopped biting. I wasn't catching a single fish. And so you're talking about praying. Now, I'm telling y'all, I started doing some praying. This thing had done shot off, and the fish had dried up. So I prayed, and I said, Lord, I'm going fishing today. You've got to give me a fish. And I'd come home, and there were no fish. And I'd go the next day, and I'd say, Lord, I've got to have fish. And I could just almost audibly hear him telling me, there's not going to be a fish today. And I thought, Lord, this business cannot survive without the fish. So this went on. I'm, I promise y'all, this went on for about 30 days. Did not catch the first fish. But my followers increased by 50,000 with zero fish. And it was at that point, you know, I even prayed, 
Lord, you gave Jonah a fish, and you are no respecter of person. I've got to have a fish. And he said, you're not going to get a fish, you know. So then when we had gained the 50,000 in a month with no fish, Matthew turned to me and said, Mom, it's not about the fish. Something's going on here, and it's not about the fish. So we kept going, and you will be surprised if I were to ask you on my show, what do you think is the number one question that I get asked? And usually people will say, um, where's the best pond to fish in? No. Uh, what's the best bait to use? No. The number one question that I get asked is, will you be my grandma? I get asked that over and over and over again. And the reason for that is there are a lot of people out there that just need to be loved. They, they need someone to love them, someone to show them attention, someone that feels like you care about them, that, um, you know, will we'll, will you be my grandma? And of course, I tell all of them, sure. You know, I, my greatest title is Nana. And I tell them, I am everybody's grandma. But I think that's why God has put me where he is, to show the love of Jesus. Every now and then, I get to show them a fish, but it's not about the fish. It's about showing them that somebody loves you. I had a, a young man just in the last week, they... <laughs> When I go out in public, a lot of times um, people find, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I follow you. And so we get a lot of that. And two young gentlemen, they were in their 30s, they had come to the villages to work on electricity. And so they found me around the pond. And the one gentleman said, you are a light in a very dark social media. And I thought, wow. You know, maybe that's why God has me there. Um, social media can be bad. I'll be the first one to tell you. But, it, you know, like Matthew said, the best businesses should be run by Christians. Don't shy away from a business or an opportunity. Instead, put Jesus there and, and let the world see Jesus through you. That's true. And I, I think, too, what's neat about it, so, you know, I've got two young girls, Miss Emma and Anna, who I, I think they're in the nursery. Hopefully, Emma, if you're watching this, I love you, baby. She's always watching on the TV in the hey, nursery. Emma. So she'll, she'll <laughs> go in there and she'll say, Pastor, Pastor. She'll see Pastor. So I get to share his screen today. But it's true. And I can tell you as, you know, a dad with daughters that are growing up, you know, social media can be, you know, it, it can be a bad thing. You know, we hear horror stories and we see things like that. And in my opinion, a lot of people, especially young people, think, I've got to get rid of some morals if I want to be something on social media. You know, if I'm a young lady, maybe I need to be in a bathing suit. Maybe I need to be wearing an outfit I shouldn't wear. If I'm a guy, maybe I need to be, you know, acting rougher than I am or, you know, whatever, you know, given a persona that maybe I'm tougher, than, you know, that kind of stuff. And honestly, I think because so many people think that, that's what people do, then, you know, you got, you know, grandma up here that, that's catching a fish that, you know, people are attracted, you know, to, to, to that. They're, they're attracted to a more wholesome 
to, you know, to, to, you know, like you were saying, with God's light. I think that is it. So I want to say, if any young people are watching this, you ain't got to take your clothes off to be famous, all right? That's right. You can be famous right. by being the best at anything. If, you, if you're singing, if you're a foot, whatever, you're a football player, you know, a theme park guy, Lego building, I am convinced that if you are passionate about any subject and you get on social media to show it, that your passion for that subject will come through and other people will follow you. So I'll, I'm, I won't say his name, but I can tell you that we have a guitar player here at this church that is new to this, to this social media. His name wouldn't be Russ. No, I can't okay, say his name. I can't say not his Russ. name. It's not Russ. But he's a mighty, mighty fine <laughs> guitar player. And we got to talking about this. And I thought, I was like, man, you got more talent in your pinky finger than most people do in their whole body. Like, you you know, you talk to him, and he might kind of give this goofy persona sometimes, but as a musician, he is mighty, mighty talented. And, and so we got to talking about social media. So, you know, I'll try it, whatever. And this week, he did his very first one, and had over 1,000 people tune in just because he was playing the guitar so good. That was it, just because it's been so good. So that's why if you're a young person and you're watching this, I don't care if you love the Smurfs. Maybe you want to be a pastor and you want to get on there and practice your preaching. Anything you want to do, you can do it. You know, obviously, I believe that God puts, you know, these passions in our life. And I think that when you get on there and you talk about that passion or you show that passion, it comes through and extraordinary things happen. So it's, and for me, you know, it's been fun because, you know, now my mom's, I wasn't famous, but my mom's now even more famous than I ever could be. So I'm, I'm just kind of the, the secretary. Well, one thing, and talking about Rusty, um, but anybody else, one thing that comes to my mind when God is in the mix, you know, there are things I, I think of, uh, I'm on TikTok. I don't know anything about TikTok. When, when he told me, I didn't even know TikTok existed. But when God is in the mix, he will take nothing and make something out of it. There's no reason why I should be where, you know, uh, on Tuesday, I'm coming out in a magazine in the, the villages. Uh, I got a call last night. Another one wants to do an interview with me next week. I've been on radio. I, you know, you know what I'm saying? I am a grandmother who, who knows nothing about technology. There's no reason why I am where I am. But at the same time, if you're going to watch my show, if I'm fishing over by the hospital and that meta helicopter takes off, whether they're bringing somebody in, we're going to stop and pray for them. You know, whether you like it or not, we're stopping right there on the show and we're going to pray for them. And people will send me messages, will you pray for me or what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, I'm going to church. Come go with me. If, y'all, if you're around Oxford, come go, go with me to church. There's no reason. It, the social media that I'm on, I've said it before, is not a Christian, not known for being a Christian network. But that doesn't mean you can't be the Christian on there. And whatever job you're in, um, I know people who have told me they work in jobs. Well, you had a job one time, and you were saying it was not known for its Christian. You know, the people there, anyway, it, it did not have Christian values. But he was the light there. And maybe that's what God is saying to you today. You know, maybe you're a guard at the prison, which is not known for being, you know, real spiritual, whatever. But maybe God's got you exactly where he wants you so that you are that light. Um, that, you know, that, that is our story. Can you add to it? Uh, I guess the last thing I would say 
is so she was talking about people will say that, that you know will you be my grandmother on, on the thing so when we when we film these it's built so that one person can do everything uh, but you know if you're holding a fishing pole or you're trying to get a fish out of the water with a net it, it's difficult so normally we're a two-man team and she's fishing and and i'm in charge of the production value so i hope you enjoy the production <laughs> uh, you know I'm, I'm holding the cell phone and uh so my job is i'm filming her but i'm also reading the comments and, and literally, so like, you know, I said there were 70,000 people on that. That is not an exaggeration. Now, there were not 70,000 people, you know, in one moment. It was, you know, over the course of an hour, you know, 10,000, 10,000, 10,000 would cycle through. But at the end, it gives you a full report. So, you know, to, to be, and that wasn't like our busiest night. So, you know, let's say we're in the ballpark of 100,000 people. When, when we're doing this, they will say we'd be your grandmother. But the second thing, and if, and if you ever watch the lives, just to warn you, this is what we do. People want to hear their names. They, we yes. will have thousands of people that will say, can you just say hello to Matthew, hello to Tony, hello to Susie? And what I have taken from that, there are a lot of people that are just lonely. They, they, they haven't talked to anybody in a while. Like sometimes we'll get direct messages and somebody will say, you know, I live in this state and maybe it's a COVID thing and maybe it's not. Uh, but, you know, I, I haven't been out of my house in a couple of weeks. And, you know, this is the first time I've talked to somebody that wasn't like my mom or my dad or whatever the case is. So for me, it's just been a good reminder of, you know, we had 100,000 people, you know, roughly on a, on a live. We could ignore people. You know, she could catch the fish and we could say thank you for being there. But it's a good it's been a good reminder to me to just stop and talk to people like, you know, you're at the grocery store, you're at the gas station, whatever the case it is, the case is, um, you know, People have a need to, you know, to be known, to be loved by others, to be connected by people. And it's been really cool that we can do it on such a massive scale yeah. in an app. But also to remember, you know, when I'm leaving church on Wednesday or, you know, when I'm doing something at work on Monday, just to stop and talk to people. Because, you know, you may not think that it means a lot to them, but, you know, our survey results show that it sure means a it, lot to people. That is exactly right. I, and again, I firmly believe that. The only reason or my main reason for being on there, there are people and, and we're not necessarily talking, when you think of people that are shut in or that don't have a lot of connections, a lot of times we think of old people like me, you know, but you would be surprised at the young people that contact us and, you know, just want to hear their name. They, they want to hear that somebody is reaching out to them, somebody loves him, cares about them. You might speak just a little bit on the whole concept of TikTok. What, what are some things we do or, or that if somebody is doing that? Again, you don't have to be the smartest person in the world. I'm proof of that. But you do have to be a willing vessel. Um, when, you know, there are verses in the scripture that talk about if, if you just give a cup of water, that kind of thing. I go through life. When I get up in the morning, I want to have a grateful heart, and I want to have a spirit that says, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Where, where do I need to go today? What do I need to do? And a lot of times, we think that's going to be him speaking back to us that I need you to go climb the Eiffel Tower, or I need you to build, you know, whatever statue. 
No, he just wants a willing heart. And that is truly where I'm at in my TikTok. You know, tomorrow may be different than today. Tomorrow I may be speaking to whomever. But just having a willing heart. Explain a little bit about TikTok, because some of these may not know. Sure. So it's it's one of multiple um, social media apps. So you might have heard of something like Instagram, uh, YouTube, there's TikTok, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's others. The other thing I'll say as well, probably if you're not familiar with TikTok, you've probably seen it in the news. It's, it's been in the news a lot and there's some, there's some pretty strong feelings on, on both sides. And I can tell you from, from our standpoint, we didn't start there because we felt super strong about you know, the platform. We just started it because it was the easiest to get started on. Um, so that, you know, so you, 15 and, seconds or less. And speaking about that, um, I get asked all the time because there, it, there are rumors that they're going to shut TikTok down because not everybody is like me. Some people, you know, like he was saying, they, they, don't, they do things they shouldn't do. And I get asked all the time, are you afraid they're going to shut down TikTok? Well, Lord, no. God put me there. If, if that shuts down, he'll put me somewhere else. You know, I, I firmly with all my heart believe that. So, no, that, that's not even a a thought on the, the radar. But we're just using it as a tool to help people. So we have a couple of rules. Uh, one rule is basically anybody that's in college or high school that reaches out, we're going to help them. So in, in, the, in the, the grand scale of social media, really, once you surpass about 50,000, especially on something like TikTok, you, you kind of reach a level that a lot of people don't perceive to be reachable, right? Let's call it celebrity status. Now, there's people, she's at 150,000. There's some people that have multiple millions, right? So I'm not saying that we're the biggest. By far, we're not. But, you know, you start to get a number of followers to where other people perceive you differently. And we will have high school students, college students that will reach out and they'll say, hey, I'm, I'm doing a, a, school, a project at school where I had to start my own business. I've started a, a worm business in my backyard, like whatever the case is. And we promote those for free. And to me, that's the most fun because when you tell somebody like, hey, you know, we have X number of followers, we will do it for free. It won't cost you anything. Like just send us a picture. That just blows their mind. Like that, I, that's just unheard of. I, all the time, all the time, I get sent products. So um, tackle companies are always sending me bait and all this kind of stuff. Young people, uh, you'd be surprised at this, but there are people that make their own bait. It, like young people and they want to start a business. So they will send me tons of bait and I will make a video opening up their, their little package and then I will go out and try it and hopefully I'll catch a bass while I'm trying it. And so that's how we promote and help other people. And, you know, it can be other things as well. Like somebody, you know, there could be a thousand comments and somebody may comment on there, you know, I'm not having a great day or it's my birthday. We'll take that one comment and show it in front of all 180,000. Like, you know, say happy birthday to this person or, you know, we want to cheer up this person. And again, that, that's just something to where that individual is thinking this lady, this celebrity I'm un, like, sh there's no fathom way she will know who I am. And then we take that one person and we try to make them, you know, known. So t my closing thought is that just goes back to, you know, I think that no relationship is too small. And I think that it doesn't take a lot to make somebody feel special. Just stop and talk to somebody, write them a thank you note, give them a hug after church, take them to lunch, whatever the case is. Yes. And I, I think if we all did that, that, you know, the world would be in a lot better place. And we're trying our best to do it on TikTok. That's us. All right. <laughs>
every week. I wonder how we're going to follow that up next week. You know, great job. Uh, Matt, grab the mic and tell them about what happened. What you had Walmart one day and you're talking to a cashier. Would you tell that? Oh, no, I hadn't told that story. Yeah. So, uh, so, this, so this has happened a couple of times. But what, when she goes live, if there's thousands of people that are seeing this, there's a draw to try and be to her. So, like, the first time that it happened is, uh, like, I went, we went to a restaurant, like New York Pizza here, and they'll say, listen, like, like who are you? You're the Village Fishing Lady? Listen, we've had people come in here, and they were watching your video, and they figured out that the wallpaper behind you is the same wallpaper in our store, and they've been coming here to eat every week to see if you'll come here. Um, so we would love if you would come eat here and tell everybody where you're at because we, we want to come buy pizza or whatever the case is. And, you know, it, it's happened one off. But the story that you're talking about was uh, I was at Walmart and I was uh, helping Santa Claus buy some presents for Christmas. And uh, I went up and the, the cashier, we were talking about things and just, you know, came up about social media. She had her phone out and I told her about, uh, you know, oh, well, are you on TikTok? Do you follow the Village's Fishing Lady? And she was like, of course, I feel like everybody follows the village, the village fishing lady. So I'm like, well, what do you think? You know, oh, I, I love it. I love it. She's like, actually, I, I love it so much. Um, I put it on the break room here at, at the Walmart in Oxford. And, and we'll, we'll get on the TV or the phone and we'll gather around and watch it together. And I was like, I said, well, what do you think of the video quality? <laughs> and she's like, it's pretty good. I said, well, great. Well, I'm the guy that holds it. It's my mom. That's she was like, no, there's no way. <laughs> so, you know, so she goes and tells the other worker, this, this, this guy, like, I wasn't in the village fishing lady. I just knew the village fishing lady and I became a celebrity. So it's, it's just really funny how, you know, it, it means so much to people. And, and if anybody's watching this and they feel that way about the Village Fish Lady, I'm not trying to put you down at all. Like, no. that, that's why we do it. Like, we I'm love, very flattered. Yeah, we yeah. love, we meet people at the restaurants, people that search out the fishing holes, people that they get, like, everywhere. So the, if you see her, don't be shy to say hey. The other day, I was in one of the rec centers and I had gone into the ladies' restroom and another lady had come in and, and she's talking through the door to me at that, you know, I'm in the stall. And she she said, sp sp are you the village's fishing lady? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. She said, my husband is outside and he's embarrassed to talk to you. Could you say hey to him when you go out? You know, and I'm like, yes, ma'am. You know, so don't, I, don't be embarrassed to talk to me. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm just used by God. That's all I want to be. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.